Hello, 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 and welcome to the Timelines Project, a podcast all about the lore and story of Magic the Gathering, a very fun and interactive trading card game. If you're new, welcome. If you're not, welcome back. Today will be the first in a series I have named Lessons in Metaphysics. The first episode will be on planes, which is, of course, the episode you're listening to right now. A bit of a disclaimer before we start. If you're new to Magic the Gathering or Magic Lore, I will be referencing places, characters, and events you may have never heard of or don't know anything about if you have heard of them. I will do my best to avoid these references, and if I do, I will try to explain them, but this probably isn't the best episode for newcomers, so just be warned. Come back in a year or two when I've, you know, finally covered all that stuff. Now let's get started with today's lesson, planes. Part 1. What is a plane? A plane is a planet that bridges the gap between its universe and the multiverse at large. Nice and simple. Here are some things that all planes have. 1. They almost always contain sentient life. Normally humans and other humanoid creatures such as elves, goblins, merfolk, and that sort. Some planes don't contain life, like the one that Urza built his dragon engine on uh, that I covered in the previous episode. But these are few and far between, and have only ever been referenced like once or twice. So I'm going to say that all planes contain life, because I'm pretty sure those planes that don't have been erased from the canon, I guess, of magic. Two, they generally obey uh, the same laws of physics as Earth does. Of course, the magical side of a plane is going to affect the physics, like the floating mountains on Zendikar, or the upside mountains on Mercadia. Each plane has its own unique landscapes and species, but they all have gravity like we understand gravity. There's a periodic table that's referenced on page 10 of Nemesis, which is a, a magic book I'll get to. And even evolution exists, where wingless dragons eventually evolved into modern-day magic worms. And that's worms spelled W-U-R-M. They're giant um, worms, I guess. I could probably find examples of all the accepted scientific concepts we have today, but I just don't have the time, so trust me on this one. 3. Along with obeying the laws of physics, to my knowledge, every plane is also in its own solar system. 4. All planes have world souls. A world soul, I think, is pretty self-explanatory. It's the personification of the world itself, or the soul of the world. Typically, the world soul is the spirit and source of green mana on the plane, like on Zendikar or Dominaria. But on Innistrad, a plane of gothic horror, the soul of the world is black mana. See the card Soul of Innistrad for more details. According to the novella Children of the Nameless, world souls can leave their plane. In the novella, and I'm not 100% sure on this because it's been a second since I've read the book, Davriel Kane, a post-mending planeswalker, is on Innistrad and discovers an entity that is the soul of an ancient plane. I'm pretty sure he communicates with it, but someone better fact check me on that. 5. Along with world souls, all planes also have ley lines. Ley lines are mana currents that flow all around a plane. 
Pre-mending, ley lines had little significance as the planes themselves were the main source of mana, but post-mending, that changed, and mages had to tap into ley lines instead of the land itself to cast magical spells. Ley lines are heavily tied to the physical environment around them and tend to flow with the land. This means they can be pretty easily manipulated by building structures to create areas where there are high concentrations of mana. This is best demonstrated on both the planes of Zendikar and Innistrad, which I keep coming back to for some reason. Both Zendikar and Innistrad have a system of magical artifacts used to ma manipulate ley lines. They are Hedrons on Zendikar and Cryptoliths on Innistrad. That is it for general plane criteria. If I miss something, let me know. But now, we're going to talk about Phyraxia. Part 2. Artificial Planes So far, in the one and a half books I have covered on this podcast, we have only been introduced to one out of the four artificial planes. That one plane is Phyraxia. Artificial planes don't really have requirements, because they can be whatever their creator wants to be. So I guess I'll talk about how they're made. Pre-mending planeswalkers were beings of near infinite power, and had the ability to do many things, like travel the planes, create sentient life, or make a plane. However, artificial planes differ from real planes in several ways. 1. They do not exist in a universe. Artificial planes don't orbit a star. The stars they have are only the ones that are made for their plane. If you got a spaceship and flew off the plane, you just hit a barrier where the edge of the plane is. 2. Artificial planes need their creator, or someone of similar strength, to be on the plane most of the time to manage it and make sure it doesn't collapse. This is what happened to Sarah's realm, which is another artificial plane we'll learn about next week. Sarah, the creator of Sarah's realm, left the world and it eventually collapsed in on itself. 3. Artificial planes also don't exist in the normal multiverse. Urza had trouble finding Phyrexia because there was a rift between it and the rest of the multiverse. It existed in a void. Artificial planes are in the multiverse, just separate from the rest of the natural planes. Unlike most planes, they also don't exist in a nexus, but are all alone. Those are the three things that make artificial planes different. So now let's talk examples. The first instance of an artificial plane is Phyrexia. Its creator died before populating it with sentient life, and it was discovered by the planeswalker Dyfed, who brought the first Phyrexians to the plane about 3,000 years before the birth of Urza and Mishra. Phyrexia was a plane made up of nine spheres, the outermost sphere containing the other eight, and the second sphere containing the other seven, and so on and so forth. It did have some non-sentient life when it was first found. The dragon engines from the Brothers' War were the first inhabitants of the world, along with artifact bugs and birds. The other three artificial planes will be covered at different times, so I think it's time for a summary review before we wrap up this week's episode. So, here are all the things that make a plane a plane. Once again, I might be missing something. If I am, I'll put it in another episode. 1. All planes have sentient life. 2. All planes obey Earth's scientific laws. 3. All planes exist in a solar system. 4. 
All planes have world souls. 5. All planes have ley lines. I won't go over the artificial plane non-requirements, because I just did those. So, I think that's all for this week. If you enjoyed, uh, let me know any way you can. Next episode will be Planeswalker Part 2. That's all, folks. See you next week.